0: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of national pastime john toaster and j rob here and oh boy we got a lot of fucking news today um (laughs) leading up to the recording of this so i'm glad we waited till uh today tuesday uh to do this but a lot of coaching news Um, A lot of implications there, a lot of rumors surrounding quarterbacks that we'll get to. And then, obviously, uh, we will recap the conference championship games. Uh, But, you know, one of them was a total dud, and the other one um, had NFL rigged trending on Twitter for about 48 hours. So uh, we will get to those. (laughs) Um, Just side note, we're going to save our Super Bowl preview until next week. So today's episode will mostly be about the news that's Uh, come down from the coaching decisions and everything. And then obviously the two championship games, there's some big implications there as well. So starting off though, the big domino of the day, Sean Payton will be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, J Rob, I, we will give you the floor here to give your thoughts on what you think this means. Um, But I I do want to touch on some of the compensation first. So the Broncos essentially traded their first round pick, which was um, San Francisco's pick <laughs> from <laughs> Miami <laughs> in the Bradley Chubb deal um, and a second rounder for Sean Payton and a third rounder. And it more or less, if you want to think of it as Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton, you could do that. Or you could think of it as the Broncos gave up three straight years of first and second round picks for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. So um, You know, you can slice it however you want. But, J-Rob, first of all, how excited are you for this news? And do you think that this will actually make an impact?
1: Yeah, it's going to turn the
2: Saints around. Sorry, (laughs) go ahead, J-Rob. First off, more relief than excitement. I was so nervous that they were going to strike out on Ryan's Harbaugh and Peyton. And we were just going to be left with not scraps because there were still some good coaches out there. But when you're trying to make a big splash, when ownership has made it very clear, they want to pay big names and they want statement decisions to be made. I got I was very nervous that they weren't going to get either three of those. So getting Peyton is more of a sigh of relief. Um, This is kind of just like a brain dump of like where I was, where my head was at. Uh, I know Vic Fangio was the head DC candidate for Sean Payton. That would be something I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I don't think Fangio would be willing to come back as a DC after only being a year removed from the team. Um, So there's still a lot to be figured out with who his supporting cast is. But at the end of the day, they got the guy they wanted. In my opinion, we got the guy we needed because we needed stability well, let's at the see coaching. the
0: guy they, they wanted, though, because Ian Rappaport put out a report today, got Rappaport's report. I hate yeah. um, saying <laughs> that. The Broncos actually wanted D'Amico Ryans. And, and when I, he yeah. informed them that he was going with Houston. They pivoted to finalize the deal for Sean.
1: I think that like, catalyzed the push for Peyton, knowing that they weren't going to get uh, Ryan's. But uh, as far as it was phrased, uh, Ryan's was their third first choice. So it sounds like they were all in on Harbaugh, all in yeah. on Peyton, yeah. and then all in on Ryan's. So they just, they you know, Peyton had the ultimate card, and Ryan's is cheap compared to Peyton, right? Not only yeah. compensation-wise, but trade and draft capital. So I can see Ryan's being the number one. Option and once that was clear, it wasn't going to happen. You only had one fallback option to make the Broncos Nation happy. Um, sorry to all you other teams out there who apparently J. Rob just says are scraps. So whoever coaches for the Cardinals and the Colts at this point um, have fun just taking taking over uh, what's left over.
0: Yeah. Also, fuck all these uh, (laughs) super qualified candidates that, you know, are trying to land their dream jobs. You're just a bunch of scraps.
2: (laughs) Totally. I mean, don't get me wrong. But I mean, we talk about half the starting quarterbacks in the NFL is being trash and they're still starting quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, it's, it's comparison is the thief of joy. But I do think that they got as much as there was three candidates, they got one of the three they wanted. So they in in my eyes, they got the guy they wanted because he was a top candidate. Um, Do I think he's going to fix Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's not getting any younger. I do think this past season humbled Wilson, and I wouldn't be surprised if ownership is like, we have officially given everything you fucking could have to be successful, so now it's on you to go get it done. And they're going to be better than last year, 100%. Are they going to win the division? No. Are they going to be second in the division? Probably Probably not. Probably (laughs) not. And so... Did they get the guy that wanted? Yes. But do I think that Russell Wilson can like still puts a speed bump in everything? Yes. And so I'm excited, but I just hope that he stays longer term than Russell's contract because I think, if he's just gone. Russell leaves. Uh,
1: No, I don't think that that's even an option at this point. You can't get rid of Russ because of what you gave up for him right now and the money, but Peyton, this is a long-term marriage. I think he gets multiple quarterbacks to run through if uh, Wilson doesn't pan out because he didn't bring Wilson in, right? This is kind of like, can you be a reclamation project? Oh, no, it didn't work out. Well, here you go. Here's your blank slate. This Tim Tebow guy, he's taller. Let's see if you can do something (laughs) with him. Um, I, I... The part that was most shocking to me was that Peyton wanted this job in that division for exactly what you're saying. Like, it is going to be super difficult to be successful in that division for quite some time, right? I'd say at least the next four to five years uh, while everyone's playing in an elite level and your guys tailing off and Mahomes is you know learning more and more about the game. Herbert's learning more and more about the game. He also has Kellen Moore to help him learn more about the game, unlike Joe Lombardi, who was going over uh, whatever fucking offense is, grandfather ran in the fucking 30s um because that's basically what it looked like um but long story short to me if you break this down as a trade for chubb and a future second for peyton a guy you weren't gonna pay anyways this is this isn't that bad for the the broncos
0: yeah that's the key piece to me is it's not just the the chubb for peyton thing but it's the fact that the 22 million dollars that you were going to pay bradley chubb is now free and i I mean for better or worse like maybe you want to add another first round talent but you also aren't paying a first round pick or a second round pick so you do free up some more money there and obviously whatever the fuck the walton's want to pay sean payton does not go on the books as far as you know against
2: the team and they're not going to blink twice about whatever he asks they're like done blank check he's he's got a retirement plan he can be a greeter for as long as he wants
0: Exactly. Uh, So my question for you, Toaster, is, and this is really my biggest question with the whole thing, how do you see Russ and what he does, even when he's at his best? Okay, let's just, let's not tie him to uh, too much of what's happened recently. But let's say at his best, Russ, what he does with what Sean Payton wants to do and what his system is like, what does that marriage look like? Does is it going to be square peg round hole or is there some sort of blend that will work with those two stylistically?
1: I think what this comes down to in any relationship truly, but one that's been in imbalanced in Russ's relationships previously is respect. I don't think he respected Pete Carroll after Pete tried to make, you know it didn't work out for them let's just say in the Su- Seahawks dynasty right he he yeah. was at the top and he peaked early and he just never got back there and they just he was constantly upset with the system because he didn't feel like it was playing to his traits here I think that he takes a slice of humble pie and says, you know what, this is a a mutual relationship. You look at the game very differently. We're both effectively coming into this new relationship together at the same time. He's only been there a year, right? And so Mm -hmm. Peyton's like, hey, guess what? It's not necessarily that you having your own office is a bad thing. It's that it is different than the rest of the team, right? So let's just look at this from a perspective outside and say, it's not that that's a problem in and of itself, but How it makes you appear. I think that there can be a lot of coaching outside of the football field that goes on in this relationship because Peyton has that aura around him. I mean, he took a nine and seven team to the Super Bowl. This dude is worth at least two first-round draft picks. (laughs)
0: Uh (laughs) one more stat I have about Sean Payton, and then uh one more question for j rob and then we can move on to some of the other news here. But first one is that in Sean Payton's tenure as the Saints head coach, he only went under the saints win total for the year twice. So sign me up. (laughs) If you think that Vegas knows what the fuck they're doing and by all accounts, they do just look at our picks for this year. um, (laughs) Then I, I think like that is a very good indicator of whether a coach can elevate what is around him. And I think Sean Payton is as good as anybody's been over the last 20 years at doing that so i think it's good hire from that standpoint but my real question j-rob if kevin james plays sean payton in the denver broncos movie who plays (laughs) russell wilson
2: oh man i was gonna say jordan peele but I was going to say Michael B. Jordan. So. Michael B. Jo- I, Russ wishes Michael B. Jordan would play him in a biopic. <laughs> um, one parting thing about the Peyton stuff for me, it's the first time they've had stability. It feels like now they're finally establishing some some stability from the top down, and I'm hoping, like Toaster was saying, there's the off, there's the off-field stuff that Peyton can work on. And I'm hoping that yeah, that stability coming from ownership now to Peyton will trickle down to the team and it won't be nearly as bad as last year. And I I think it will be all positives, even if it doesn't mean, you know, a deep playoff run or winning the division. I think it's it's still a win, regardless of how the next year or two go for Denver. Yeah.
0: I agree. I mean, they're they're all in, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. part of what made their situation their the future outlook of their situation when they fired and i think hackett <clears throat> so complicated was the lack of flexibility that they had to really do anything if they were going to move forward with russ and you know by all accounts you almost have to and hope that it gets better so if you're all in why not go like really go all in say mm-hmm. fuck them picks get the best coach out there that you can um and try to see if you can salvage this even during another window where you know patrick mahomes is going to the super bowl yeah. again um I, and- mean,
2: sh- I mean shit any any coach that's used to not having draft picks and turning fucking mountains into molehills is sean payton who's <laughs> well, notoriously not had draft picks yeah and i'm gonna say one more thing on this uh it's a big win for the
1: um group as well, because now they've shown, Hey, we're going to do what it takes for this team. It's, you know, obviously you've got Peyton to attract free agents, but you say, Hey, we're, we're here to create a winning culture. We're going to do whatever it takes. This isn't, you know, being a cheapskate Dan Snyder or something like that, where we're just going to try to you know do the bare minimum because the money's being raked in. Anyways, we want to be competitive. We want to make splash plays. And even if you come here in a time where it's down, we'll build the talent around you. Through the draft, through trades, whatever we can do, uh, we just want to win.
0: And one of the benefits of that, I think, when you're looking at what they possibly can do from um, a roster construction standpoint, like they're they don't have a ton of space to work with, like on the surface, but they actually have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to uh, restructures that they could do. So you restructure guys you pay out that money in cash, you push, you know, that obligation to the future from a cap perspective, and you can be active in this free agency period, despite Russ's, you know, massive deal. Um, You know, his, his cap hit this year is not super large, right? So if there is a time that you're going to take advantage of that like it it would be now so maybe they're one of the more active teams in free agency and you know we'll end up seeing what happens there
2: yeah do it Um, while Mahomes' is ankles injured (laughs) gotta gotta go now
0: right yeah uh
2: speaking of caps you guys are much better with this cap stuff than i am so i have a question for you uh it was announced monday that the cap got moved to a record 2.24 uh two no two Wow, can't read. $224.8 million for the salary cap next year, which is a $16.6 million leap from the year before. Does that make a difference for teams that are strapped for the cap, or is it kind of since everyone's moving up, it's kind of same? It's kind of what's been
1: projected to be there. It's I think maybe plus or minus a couple million. Um, This is pretty much what Over the Cap had the whole time. So the saints still have the maneuverability, but they look like they're in the worst cap situation. The bucks are still in a very, very bad situation. Um, but ultimately I think that they saw this coming. They knew the 17th game was going to add, you know, one seventeenth of revenue and they knew the new TV deals were going to bring more. So I think that that's part of the reason that you see the low cap numbers that you did this year, knowing that they were going to have extra space in the years to come.
0: Yeah. Uh, for future reference, over the cap is always really really on top of this shit so um it might like toaster said it might move a few mil here or there based on the actuals that come out but they're usually pretty good at projecting
2: okay so that's not going to change like where it's like oh with that expansion of the cap like the Bengals can now sign higgins and not have to like jump through hoops no okay yeah
0: i mean they could but like
2: but it doesn't like make it an easy decision or like where it's like oh sweet got a free cap boost like we can keep a player now. I mean, I think most of the teams that take on the strategy that the cap is going to grow,
1: they push all their problems to the future and then they evaluate their team, you know, through the draft and through agency what they can what they can bring in or what they continue to push out. So I think something like a T. Higgins, they're like, we know that we're going to have to pay X, Y, and Z Joe Burrs up for a contract, right? So they they probably have that priced in. Um, they yeah. they look pretty far in advance. No one, no one, as far as the Chiefs, since I think Mahomes has signed through twenty thirty one, but they look pretty far in advance.
0: Yeah. Um. So one of the, moving on to like one of the other teams and uh, big pieces of news here that somewhat connected as we mentioned, but D'Amico Ryan's. Um, is going to be the next head coach of the Texans. I think that is a fucking slam dunk hire for them. And despite all the dysfunction that's been around that organization for the last few years, for them to get D'Amico Ryans for, so they've got 27 million in effective cap space, but they also have a lot of ability to restructure some deals. Um, I, I haven't fully looked at their cap sheet, but I also imagine they have a handful of guys that they could just as easily cut. And not sweat (laughs) based on their roster this year. Um, They have the number two pick in the draft, you know, maybe eventually the number one pick in the draft, a brand new quarterback. So they're in a really interesting spot. And I'm like so excited to see what D'Amico Ryans does with this group and who he brings in as his OC. Um, He's, in my mind, like the perfect, one of the perfect types of candidates for a team that's in houston's position like he's young he relates to the players he's been around some great football minds he
1: to to me he's mike mcdaniel but he also has the aura of i used to play for this team right exactly it, it is the ultimate players coach at this point in time and he's been an extremely successful in the dc role so uh i i'm i'm on board with you this hire is awesome and it, the best part was that it, you know as a marriage that was wanted both ways right like ryan's had better opportunities potentially than taking on the texans but he's like this is my team we've got you know uh, we've got tabula rasa here we can do whatever we want with this roster maybe we can finally trade brandon cooks for the fourth time um it it just it is a fun situation for him and he's going to get quite a bit of runway i don't like to make absolutes but i think he's going to be the first coach for the tech and texans to make it past one year of coaching um for the last three years
0: i would hope so um RIP Levy Smith
1: since the start of the 2020 season i just uh insane to your stability standpoint there j rob for the broncos like that's what this team needed
0: yeah definitely so it i'm really interested to see who he ends up pegging as his oc um i imagine it will be somebody with shanahan tree ties now who that is i haven't heard any rumors i don't know if you guys have um from a defensive standpoint though i I mean, I'm. he's done so much. I know that group in San Francisco was so talented, but they really were um, not this crazy exotic, you know, team with what they wanted to do schematically. Um, now, maybe you don't have to when you have Fred Warner taking away the middle third of the field and you have, you know, Nick Bosa off the edge and all of that, but I, I think, like, you can almost plug in any type of defensive coordinator that you want here and make your scheme fit not only that person, but also like some of D'Amico Ryan's principles. Uh, I don't know if he's going to call defensive plays. I would imagine he won't. I think a lot of, well, (laughs) most first-time head coaches that are smart, uh, whether it's offense or defense, will not call plays. Um, I get the sense that he won't, but um, I can't confirm. But it's just there's just so much that they can do from, like you said, a roster standpoint, from a schematic standpoint, and they're going to, you know, by all accounts, get whatever quarterback, potentially get whatever quarterback they want, or at least uh, one of their top two choices from this class. And, you know, that's a hell of a way to kick things off. So um, I'm excited for them. The ASC South is like, you know kind of wide open a little bit i know you've got trevor lawrence there in the jags but like the colts are about to hit a hard restart and the titans are kind of in a tough position as well um, although i don't expect them to go away i expect mike vrabel to continue to keep them in contention but i mean this is a good spot for for the texans and i'm i'm still for domico ryan's um now Uh, No, I was going to say, so
1: to your uh, your 49ers or Mike Shanahan ties, their OC, that the only one that they've got scheduled or requested for an interview right now is Bobby Slowick, who is the passing game coordinator. Probably not the best based on, you know, the fact that they only threw, what, five passes last game. Um, (laughs) But uh, the question I have for both of you, but mostly J-Rob, is does Evero feel spurned by the Broncos in any way? And potentially take a lateral move out of this, or does he stick it out with with the Broncos? Uh,
2: so, I, that was something I was interested in because of how well he did this year. And if they were just going to let him walk, uh, mm-hmm. Denver, from like inside, kind of like local Denver reporter guys have said that uh, the organizations made it clear that they want him to stay. They know at the end of the day, it's Sean Payton's decision on whether or not. He's allowed to stay, but they're really pushing Peyton to hopefully keep uh, Evero in okay. as the DC. So- Good, they should. But I
1: just that's something that's a little intriguing. And considering, you know, he declined the head coaching or the interim head coach title because he probably didn't want the two losses on his record. Uh, but then, you know, you apply for these positions, you haven't gotten anything with any of the teams, and you go back to a team that said, "No, oh, not you, sorry." Yeah. From what I
0: understand,
2: they were proactive about that. Like they knew. Yeah. yeah.
0: But my understanding is he was really close with Nathaniel Hackett and part of him not wanting that interim tag and like really going on this whole coaching thing has been because like he's kind of like, fuck you guys and the way that you treated him. And I I think that's one of the reasons that they almost had to aim high with somebody like Sean Payton or Mm -hmm. Harbaugh because what you know coordinator that's cutting their teeth that you know is like the next big thing is going to come in and see that the way they treated Hackett and want to put themselves up for that so i don't know i i don't think based on what i've heard anyway that unless he puts his tail between his legs and just says fuck it this is a great opportunity he might just give him a finger and walk i don't know
2: i'm hoping that i'm hoping that since hackett has an oc job already uh with what the jets so yep. they're trying they're basically trying to get rogers now they're trying to do what denver did last year from what i understand <laughs> uh i think now that hackett has a job i'm hoping that kind of eases the tension with ever with Evero and denver but yeah it's ultimately it's going to be sean payton's decision on who he wants there and it's going to be a shake-up on how the rest of that uh staff is going to fill out for sure
0: so the One of the big things with Peyton and Amico Ryan's falling into these two spots uh, is really the fact that uh, at least from our listener base and our friends, uh, the Arizona Cardinals basically just got told by a bunch of coaches that they have no interest in what's going on there. And um, the Cardinals have conducted a ton of interviews. They've brought everyone from, Peyton Manning into the building to, you know, you name it. And they're now sitting here, as J-Rob so eloquently put it, picking through the scraps. Um, Now, J-Rob, we'll kind of kick this over to you here because you have some inside information that maybe helps explain some of that and uh, how maybe Kyler Murray... Uh, to some degree, is playing into that more than we think just based on his most recent play and his contract.
2: Yeah, so I do have a reliable source. I trust him, them. I already suck at keeping things semi-confidential. Uh, <laughs> you don't know the pronouns that he or she or yeah, they Yeah, sorry, I assume they're pronouns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust them, insider source. Yeah, trust the source. Basically, I'm just going to kind of go through the bullet points. Uh, HBO apparently was pretty pissed off that they had to cut out a majority of the footage from Hard Knocks. Uh, apparently, if TMZ found out what they had, it would be worth two commas worth of compensation for the footage. Uh, so there's that. Did uh, the, he kind
0: of explain like, or she, what or that meant? Did he or she or they explain what that meant necessarily? Was that like. Um, infighting with the team, maybe off field shit or, you know, what, what was really nothing about that got cut?
2: Nothing explicit. Like there's no Mexico, like the Mexico drama. <laughs> there's no footage of that from what I understand. Um, but it's more a lot of the footage that it could be there. It couldn't be there is, mostly about work ethic issues and how much the team doesn't really care for kyler whether it's they don't they don't think he's a bad guy but they cannot stand him as a player and while there was never an explicit moment at least from what i was told there was never like an explicit moment of like fuck you kyler uh you can cut the tension with a butter knife um a lot of the players just watching hbo like kyler wasn't even a part of it you even before the injury
1: colt mccoy was in there going over the game films and saying like this is what we need to do to prep and it's like this you would expect this to be coming from your you know all-star shortstop i mean your all-star uh nfl quarterback that just signed
2: one of the biggest extensions in nfl history and that was one of the biggest issues is that i was told that he's the last one in the first one out he legitimately does not watch film, so they're trying to like run air raid offenses. They're trying to game plan, and he's not watching film. So those so, backyard plays that you're seeing play out is Kyler not running the offense? So, so Cliff was that homework? That control. homework clause was not uh, by accident. No, and I was told that the homework clause was in there with every intent to execute on that clause in. A couple years. They wanted to use that clause as a way of getting out of this. They, his lawyers, uh, Kyler's lawyers, came after them hard about it and were like, this needs to come out. So it wasn't the public that was. After they signed it though? That's even better. (laughs) Yeah, which is what is insane. So yeah, they came after him hard. They got it out. Kyler was the one that was like, this needs to get out of the clause and they wanted to use it. And I think the most damning situation of the whole thing is. The original Kyler injury before he blew up his knee uh, was not as bad as the injury was led on to be. And the reason why it was uh, dragged out was because the team, not the coaches, not the organization, the team players wanted Colt McCoy to be the starting quarterback. So they were sitting Kyler Murray because the team wanted to play with someone other than Kyler Murray. He was so unprepared, so willing to put in this extra work that they wanted a thirty, what, 6 year old, 37 year old journeyman quarterback to run wow. the show. And yeah, I mean,
1: I can understand how they can't get a head coach at this point in time. Like if there's any sort of just transparency with management that says, Hey, this is a situation you're dealing with. Can you turn this around? I'd, Run to the Texans too. So, um, not surprising seeing how all of these interviews have turned out, uh, but definitely shocking that they're tied to the situation for quite some time. Unless, I guess, uh, John, you said there is technically kind of a trade out this year, but they'd have to move quickly, right? March yeah, 25th.
0: March 25th. Yeah. There's, um, I, uh, I guess, uh, clause in his deal where you know it, it kicks in a certain amount of the money gets guaranteed uh if they're able to trade him before that it's it's really a minimal
1: uh yeah, um, 23 million dollar dead cap hit or something like that
0: yeah. yeah it really from based on what we've seen recently you know would not be a big uh deal at all so it if they're able to find a trade partner though i mean that's that's i think the problem now because not only do you have And look, people talk, you know, whether it's players talking to their agents, talking to who and whatever, like, I guarantee you a lot of people around the league know about the Kyler situation behind the scenes. And you put that together with the fact that his injury is going to keep him out at least until the start of the season, if not longer, right, based on recent reporting. So what team is trading for that?
1: Well, and that's (laughs) why it sucks because I saw him as the perfect trade partner for Sean Payton. Problem is you can't play trade players for coaches. So it went out the door right away, but the saints probably would have been happy to take that, that trade compensation. Now you're, you've got no value in return. It just makes it look like an absolutely terrible contract. You're going to have to be just all in on being the Houston Texans West at that point. And uh, it's, it's not a good situation for them. So I will be very interested to see how this coaching situation plays out they are interviewing everybody and anybody that they can get their hands on the Bengals got bounced from the playoffs and now they're interviewing their oc and their dc because they have no fucking clue what they ultimately want to do or what their direction is they just want anybody to take on this dumpster fire of an organization and they're gonna have to make some big moves on from deandre hopkins like they're not gonna be able to take care of him so sure we'll get into this in the future but uh the fact that they don't have a coach yet is very very telling and that insider information aligns with what's actually playing out
0: yeah and if they don't uh end up finding a trade partner and let's say the shit goes super sideways for them it actually like looking at this it wouldn't be great but it if they post june one cut him after next season so plays out 2023 2024 off season they would have a 48.3 million dollar dead cap hit but they would save themselves three and a half million so you're at least not eating more money to get rid of him and that might be based on the way their rosters put together
1: the best way to
0: the best option right the best out for them to reset now You do that, you spread that cap hit out over two years, so you would still be feeling it in 2025, but you at least free that up. Yeah, you can
1: be paying Marquise Brown at that point. It'll be great.
0: Right, but at that point, you'll have Hopkins off the books. You'll have Rodney Hudson's uh, money off the books from retirement. You'll have J.J. Watt's money off the books from retirement. All these guys that they're basically paying not to play for them. Uh, That will eventually clear up, and... Hope I oh, hope that's... to God they don't re-sign either of those two off-ball linebackers that they took in the first <laughs> round, Isaiah Simmons and David Z- <laughs> Z- Collins, and maybe you can get this thing restarted like hard with the number one pick and whoever the fuck is coming out of the draft in a couple of years.
1: This is just so amazing because what well, the Cardinals have just been in purgatory for as long as I can truly remember, like maybe Jake the snake plumber back in the early two thousands is about last time you felt outside of the Kurt Warner, which was really like a geriatric, like good feeling story really right. 2008 that wasn't, that wasn't roster development. That was, we're willing to take the supermarket stalker and see if he still has anything left in this arm. Um, but they finally got, you know, a top 10 pick wasted on Rosen finally got the top overall pick and now it's Murray and they're just rinse and repeat with this organization. It, it is a little sad, but, um, let's talk to organizations that are not as sad. Maybe the Eagles.
0: Yeah. Um, do we want to just transition to the conference championship games here? And I think we do have a decent amount to talk about with both of these, uh, whether it has anything to do with the games or not, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, here nor there. But, yeah, so moving on, the 49ers at Eagles. This was just a a dumpster fire. Uh, Eagles win 31-7. to uh, Obviously, Brock Purdy tears his UCL on the first drive of the game. Josh Johnson comes in, gets a concussion. Purdy has to come back in. They He threw one pass. It was a screen pass. It was obvious they couldn't throw the ball. I, I mean, this was from the NFL's perspective, like worst case scenario for this game, right? Um, uh, how many people it's, even needed to watch after the second half?
1: It's yeah. their own doing, though. The fact that you only have two active quarterbacks on your game day roster is absolutely ridiculous. They should, you should be able to have fifteen damn emergency quarterbacks for all I care, especially if you're going to be start having these rules. Where um, I guarantee you, Josh Johnson five years ago would have been back in the game because guess what your head, your head hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Pick up your panties and start playing again. Right. So now that we're going to start playing, taking care of these players, doing, you know, the due diligence for them that we should have been doing all along, you have to have a third quarterback available. Um, So this is this, I guarantee you in the next two years, within the next two years will cause an emergency quarterback to be, able to be on the roster. They used to have it in the NFL, quite frankly, um, that NFL has a QB development pr- problem just to begin with. So now you say your emergency quarterbacks, the one that's running the scout team and you're actually training, you know, your the rest of your third or fourth string uh, quarterback to play your own offense.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it has to happen because this was worst case scenario for the league. And, I, what sucks too, like for Brock Purdy and, you know, we'll get into kind of the fallout of that, but you know, he was such a good story for the league to promote as well. And to have it end in that fashion is just is brutal. So I, yeah, I don't know how quickly that kind, that kind of thing can change uh year to year off season, to off season, but the owners, I think would be uh, very smart to institute that rule as soon as possible. and, i I, fuck man i mean this game was just brutal like you could just tell they they couldn't do anything
1: But it was amazing how San Fran's defense actually kept them in it outside of that. Josh Johnson fumble that turned into seven points at the end of the half. I mean, it was a one score game and you were like, they might be able to fucking do this. The problem is uh, when we get into the rig standpoint, you probably don't want uh, Josh Johnson being the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean, I had this thought, I, I think it was like the second to last drive before the end of the half. Um, what they were doing defensively, it it wasn't anything like crazy schematically, but they were, and, you know, speaking to D'Amico Ryans, like they were changing the pre and post snap pitcher for Jalen Hurts every fucking play. And they were almost always ending up in a uh, middle field close. So whether it was cover one or cover three, but they were shifting the pitcher on Hurts every single play just to make him have to think for a half second before pulling the trigger on something and they ultimately like did a really good job keeping him in the pocket not letting him like use his legs to um you know create plays when it was all mucked up in the secondary and i mean it, the game plan was great it was just
1: i have always throw been, the ball you're fucked. the defense wins championships i think it's a mantra that still holds true the San Francisco 49ers held the Eagles to 269 yards, of total offense. That is incredible for one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL. The problem is there was no threat on the offensive side. So you just had that defense getting worn out. There was no threat. They just short fields. Um, It just wasn't able like the fact that they were able to put up 31 points with that, few yardage with really that few explosive plays outside of the you know one catch that everybody knows shouldn't have been a catch i'm actually not that upset about that one because um at some point you know their reviews aren't instantaneous but um it was the
0: first drive of the game too it was like
1: (laughs) but it was uh i don't even know if we're gonna have time to get to it but um you had said does purdy basically guarantee himself as a starter next year uh you said that before we knew he was gonna have six months of rehab i told you i didn't think so and that's because (laughs) i think that shanahan saw that he needs a quarterback that he can have upright and healthy for 20 games 21 games whatever it takes in a season and the tom brady chatter is very very strong with this one if they want it to happen i see brady going there for 12 million dollars team-friendly deal, just say, let's close this out. Shanahan, I'll get you your your Super Bowl, your Lombardi trophy. We I ride right off in the sunset and then you guys can use this Trey Lance or Brock Purdy dude after I've coached them up for a year. Because guess what? The guys I've coached up have done pretty fucking well. Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, uh, it's been impressive what they've been able to do. This isn't a Peyton Manning and uh, Orlovsky or I don't remember the third guy on that team uh, situation where they just t- had zero... Curtis Painter? Week. Curtis Painter. Yeah. Zero development afterwards. So like they, it's basically bring in another coach. Let's make this symbiotic. As long as Trent Williams comes back and uh, we re-sign McGlinchey, this can be a marriage to a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Brady to Vegas pipeline seemed like the most likely scenario to me um, until the news came about Purdy and the UCL tear. Like it, it just makes too much sense. You know, like, think about how well Purdy and, to a degree, Jimmy Garoppolo has run this offense over the last few years. And you just put the Hall of Fame version of that in. And, I mean, that's Brady throwing to fucking the... I've heard some people refer to the 49er skill position group as the death lineup, like the, the Golden State Warriors. Like, Debo, Iuke kittle mccaffrey and
1: they're all coming back
0: and use check yeah those five guys and oh my god that would be incredible and i i know tom like looked you know the way that he was sort of uh bailing out of contact at the end of the year and um you know it (laughs) It looks he's not bad, gonna
1: have it... to, he's not gonna have to worry about that with Christian McCaffrey <clears throat> behind him with juice behind him with being able to throw a, a slant or a bubble screen to to Debo on any given play he's gonna yeah. get the time and to me I actually never bought into the L.A. or sorry the Las Vegas riff because I mean you're going to the AFC West now the most competitive division he's here only to win a Super Bowl. That will be the only reason he comes back out of retirement. It's not to you know, extend his records or pass for 105,000 yards in his career. No, it's to get that eighth Super Bowl. And the NFC and the San Francisco 49ers are his best bet to do that if they want it. And after this game, I think that
2: they want it. And if you uh, if you give Brady, what, a top five defense and a really good O-line, he'll get you to the Super Bowl. So yep. <laughs> that's all you really need. Uh, One question about that fourth down play that was a catch or they call it a catch, but he he had dropped it. With it being a fourth down play and all turnover-related plays being reviewed, should that have gotten reviewed because it's a turnover on downs? I know turnover on downs and a turnover aren't quite the same, but do you think they should group a turnover on downs into all turnovers get reviewed. I don't believe by the letter letter of the law that they do, because I think about
1: a fourth and one that gets shut down at the line of scrimmage. I don't think that that goes into automatic review. I'm not opposed, but I know that they want to try to keep these games flowing as much as they can. Uh, So throwing in a review that slows down the game um, doesn't seem like something that will ultimately happen. Where who I'm most pissed at is the guy whose name I still can't pr- pronounce, but Havunga, uh, like he was right there, saw it happen. You got to be just as adamant watching Devonta Smith's reaction that, hey, guys, throw the flag. I don't give a fuck. It's first quarter. We get the ball back. We do this. So, yeah, um, that's who I'm most mad at.
0: Yeah. And if we're going back to some of our previous discussions, based on vibes, that was a catch 100%. Like, all yeah. the way. So okay. I'm fine with the outcome
2: ultimately. Yeah. I mean, one. shout out to Devonte too for being so subtle with that play call by just like bumping his fists together instead of like doing like the spike it or like he wasn't freaking out. <laughs> he was just like just bumping his fists together and guys were like, Oh shit, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And yeah, they moved quick. So yeah. give him credit. I mean, that was one yep. bad call, but do we want to talk about the multitude of bad calls in the afternoon game or the second second game?
0: Yeah, I think we kind of have to here.
2: Um, I don't know, Jim.
0: God, I'm ready for him to not be <laughs> He's in done for the
2: part-time game. He's done for the year.
0: Thank God. Also, between these two games, it was the perfect example of like, or perfect comparison, really, for your run-of-the-mill football fan that maybe doesn't pay attention to the announcers as much. The quality of Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart with – tony romo and jim nance is like not even in the same realm dude it's just tony is ugh, it's gotten so bad it's embarrassing honestly but uh yeah go into the game i mean obviously the chiefs pull it out um going to another super bowl uh but
1: all i don't know people where we're gonna talk it just about feels yeah. dirty. it just feels dirty i'm sorry it
0: does every all that everyone is going to talk about is really the calls at the end of the game um to me so like i was furious in the moment at that um 15 yard penalty that ultimately led to the game-winning field goal like i get it but know what the fuck's going on it wasn't egregious
1: and it, like you can't we get a flopping fire. call like they do in, in real football, where <laughs> yeah. the fact that Mahomes threw his arms up and went down like a little bitch is a 15 yard penalty, too, for embellishment. Like, then at least you have the offsetting option, option there because yeah. I agree that he touched him, bad touch. But the fact that Mahomes went down like a sack of potatoes is what got that penalty yeah. called. And it just not how this game should have been decided, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, but to me, the biggest like call was the the third down that got replayed, and I, like I I wasn't watching, or the volume was low when uh, I was watching it, so I really had no fucking idea what was going on. You were and, with
1: uh, Romo at that point?
0: Oh yeah, I was over it. Um, I how does that happen how Burrow, do you just burrowhead give... stadium
1: cloud apparently oh my god no dude. i agree that that's a terrible terrible look but an even more terrible look when you get a pi call on the next play that is not pass interference at all like yeah. that's the part where you're just like they will do anything to make this narrative workout is what it feels like i know you said that burrow's the better narrative but you've already seen the storylines that have come out now and it's that okay reed's going back to philly okay we've got the kelsey brothers in there okay we've got two block quarterbacks for the first time in in Mm -hmm. nfl history in the super bowl the two youngest i believe also in super bowl history so there's a lot to make this worthwhile and um we don't we aren't getting into our picks yet but i'm a little concerned that they want mahomes to win the super bowl because uh the afc west is going to get a lot more challenging these next two three years
2: even more than that i'm putting my tinfoil hat on and i don't think do i think the nfl is actually this rigged no but state farm big sponsor (laughs) of the nfl patrick mahomes the biggest spokesperson for State Farm. And last Ooh. I checked, what's the name of the Super Bowl stadium that it's being played at? Is that Shit. State Farm Stadium? Hmm. Shit. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I, I, it, makes you, it makes you think. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. The Eagles game wonder. ended. They're like, oh, Eagles in. We can maybe scrub a few things here and there. And not that I agree that like the penalty at the end of the game... He was out of bounds. I get it, but like, can we have some context? Or in the in the offensive drive before that, where the Bengals are backed up, like inside the twelve, Burrow released the football. Two seconds later, got pushed over by fifty-five on the Chiefs. I'm blanking on Chris Jones, and no no call. Frank Clark, Frank Clark, Clark. yeah, and no call. So it's like it's not that they made the wrong calls on the calls that we disagree on. It's they weren't being called both ways, and that's where I think I have an issue with. If you're going to call a game tight, call a game tight. If you're going to call it loose, call it loose. But call it on both sides of the football. Yeah. And yeah. And it, it just wasn't there. I, getting back to football for me, um, you know, when another guy
1: gets hurt in football, you throw the ball in. They kick it out of bounds. Like Butker, come on, just be a gentleman here. Send this game in the overtime because we all know that that was bullshit. Um, how it ended. Um, I do have to put some of this on. Burrow and the Bengals, though, I mean, they had an opportunity on their last two drives to do something, and they ultimately did not get it done. So, uh, as much as we want to say this was probably pushed towards the Chiefs, the Bengals were still within somewhat control of their destiny. I don't think that we we can overshadow that.
0: Totally. And, you know, we talked about it in the preview, but Chris Jones was a fucking difference maker in this one, uh, especially early. And... uh, yeah, I, you know, the the Bengals, unfortunately, in the biggest moment of their season, you know, their biggest flaw sort of showed up. And then you combine that with some bad luck from, you know, an officiating standpoint or whatever. And it's, you know, uh, just a recipe for disaster. I, I do think I, I don't want to like, <laughs> I feel like what will get lost in this a little bit with all of the, the people pissed about the... Officiating is that patrick mahomes actually played really well in this game on on one ankle um and again somehow fucking travis kelsey uh remains open um we'll never understand that but uh, you know he he put together a hell of a game and if you remove that um fumble where you know he just couldn't couldn't bring it back um i mean his stat line looks pretty damn good and his advanced you know, metrics look pretty damn good as well. So, um, you know, he showed up. Um, maybe Burrow didn't to the degree that you know we thought that he would. And then you throw sprinkle in a little bit of officiating luck, and you've got the Chiefs headed to another Super Bowl. So we'll see. But if Mahomes wins, if the Chiefs end up winning this, then Brady definitely it's coming is back. Gonna, yeah. 49ers all the way um, you can you can sign me up for that
1: how'd you just make me a chiefs fan that's crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh weird huh i'm actually I'm
2: torn on like yeah. this matchup because it's like i don't want to root for the chiefs but do i want to root for philly fans like <laughs> you know what i, mean? I know that's but that's you're hard. gonna get such great videos
1: of them sliding down the greased pole I think it's worth it. Um, I know we're at time here. Um, All-Star weekend, Pro Bowl weekend is here. Um, we've got the Skills Challenge with uh, Tyler Huntley now as in, as a 14th alternate, I think. So that's great. Um, but the one takeaway I have is how awful is it that Derek Carr is having his last game in Allegiant Stadium more likely than not after being benched by the Raiders.
0: That's actually the funniest part of the whole thing. Uh, I know J Rob, you sent the the three quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr and Tyler Huntley. It's like, (laughs) man, Um, if I had any respect I had remaining for being considered a pro bowler, the Tyler Huntley thing has officially made that go away. I do not care to watch any of that. And uh, I hope the league figures out that frankly, they don't need the pro bowl. yeah you know like let's just do away with it let's figure out some other
1: way players like anymore like when it was in hawaii it was at least like oh we can go you know off to this place we wouldn't normally go to bring our family it Mm -hmm. gives you know the the hawaiian audience a chance to show up and i'm sure that they sold that out all the time but now that it's just in vegas be like oh we go there you know once a year anyways
0: right yeah
1: What if it's not special
2: yeah it's all about making money what if instead of the Pro Bowl, you know the Super Bowl is the two best teams fighting to be the best team in the world at that given year? What if the week before the Super Bowl they take the bottom two teams and have them fight out for the one seed? Winner gets the first overall pick. Just have I'd totally just, be I'd down be by that, but you're never gonna win that uh, <laughs> oh, battle no, with yeah. the NFLPA. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those owners from those shitty teams might be like, "Dude, this is the most money we're gonna make all year on one game." Uh, I
0: don't know, Jim. I don't know. <laughs>
2: all right
1: what about you put the t- bottom 15 teams into a skills challenge and it's how many ping pong balls they can grab on like a relay challenge
0: <laughs> uh okay okay i i see i see what you're doing here all right anything's see, better than what they got yeah, just dude for real
1: um john's like as long as they change it after this pick this first pick's already been decided
0: yeah yeah they they can't uh retroactively make any yeah changes please okay um all right guys well we will definitely uh go deep into the super bowl stuff and maybe some of the additional fallout from some of these coaching moves um next week in our preview for the super bowl but Anything else we want to touch on here before uh, we get out? I know there was some quarterback rumors floating around, but maybe we wait for those to crystallize a little bit more. Um, Otherwise, Josh, I mean, big day for you. So I I think you know what uh, needs to happen here.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton's here. So Broncos country, we're riding again, baby. Let's go. (laughs) That's going to be Broncos country. Let's pay yeah for real but hey if it's it's if it's pay to win i'll i'll take it